Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today's episode is with Lizette Calviero from Influenced Impact. She is an influencer coach and an influencer herself. And in this conversation, we really break down what it means to create authentic content, land killer partnerships with brands, and create community in the online space. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Kiss My Aesthetic Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to Design Live. We're in the Facebook group now, Kiss My Aesthetic, and Lisette is here. Hello. We're having so much fun. We just had a great chat over on Instagram about her program, Influence to Impact. So I'd love for you to jump in and kind of recap what that is and who you are, what you do, and and some of the people that you get to help out. Yeah, hi, hi. So um, I'm an influencer coach, also do consulting, and also a creator and influencer myself. And what we were talking about is this program, it's a 12-week group version of what I've been doing with people for a while, and essentially, it's to help you become the best influencer possible, meaning I help you with your brand because that is key and very important. We talked about that a lot in the Instagram Live. Um, also, how to work with brands, but then also how to expand your business from there and how to find other revenue streams that work for you as a business owner and not just as someone with a lot of followers on social media because that is not what being an influencer is. Um, so it's really lovely because right now we're actually just finishing the branding part and seeing how immediately you're already getting results, like many wins, people showing up and engaging with you more when you are more clear on who you are as a brand. Um, and now we're going to get to figuring out how we work with brands and pitch ourselves and yeah, make ourselves marketable. Love it. And I think that there's such a great moment for this right now, whether you're yeah. a solo entrepreneur or you're growing a team or you just lo- everyone's on social media. Hello, pandemic. So yeah. what a great opportunity to kind of make it also worth your time. Yeah. That's really cool. Can you tell us maybe some of the people that are taking your program um, a little bit about their backgrounds? Yeah, so it's actually a great mix of people who have either already been in the influencer marketing space. So they are influencers, mostly micro influencers who are looking to establish themselves more. And then there's a few people who more so want to become an expert online. So they have a business idea they want to do in the future. Not so much that they only want to work with brands but they have, they want to build that community and master social media in a way that's more intentional, building their brand. And what's great is if you are a business owner or looking to build a presence online or build a brand online, what you do for social media can translate to your website, your actual services. So it's not just limited to social media or working with brands. Totally. I think that this brings up a good point as well, as far as like brand positioning and brand voice. We talk a lot about brand voice and how important it is. At least I do with my clients. This is the whole foundation of great brand design. We have to start with who the heck are you and how the heck are you going to talk to your audience about what it is that you can do for them. And so I've got to imagine that a lot of your influence to impact, you're talking about brand voice. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some of the things that you think people struggle with when it comes to brand voice? 
maybe you can walk us through an exercise or um, some kind of yeah. like mindset positioning when it comes to voice. And then we should absolutely talk about like current events and using your voice online. Yeah. That's really the hot topic I want to talk to you about. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll circle back. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest challenge is balancing how to create strong scientific content versus who you actually are and how you speak. And the thing about brands, and you know this working with a lot of businesses too, is businesses and, and companies have their own voice. We as people literally have our own voice. When you're bringing, when you're creating a personal brand, people forget that. They are thinking of themselves too hard as a business. And they're like, I must have the headline and the call to action. And like, yes, I teach that. And I'm like, you must have those things. But then you kind of just have to show up. So some of the things that we do, twofold, I actually created a checklist for them. I might turn into a freebie for the public um, of like the things you need to check off when you're about to post. Like, does this align with my mission? Am I speaking to my ideal follower? Am I either inspiring, entertaining, or empowering? Um, do I have my call to action? What content pillar do I fulfill? So like all the stuff we've talked about with like results-driven content in a quick checklist so that you don't overwhelm yourself. And something I tell people too is like, that would be a hundred percent. That would be my highest performing content possible. No one's asking to show up a hundred percent every single day. Like if every single one of my posts was like, I got this and here's the problem myself. And you know, it would be too overwhelming. People sometimes just want me to say hello. So having a little bit more of that balance. So the exercise that I make some people do, that's the value of also having a coach instead of just going on an online course is I'll challenge my students to show up imperfectly. That's like one thing they're doing right now where I'm mm -hmm. like, what is the quote, because right, it's like a society definition of ugly, but what's the ugliest you could show up right now? Is it your messy room? Is it you with no makeup on? Like whatever that is, I want you to at least show up on your stories and say like, this is my life right now. And the more you practice showing up imperfectly, the more you actually start to have your real voice show up. And speaking actually on the topic of like social justice, the way that I speak to my friends or the things I talk about off social media, I've got a woke group of friends. It's like usually social justice. I'm always talking about this. And I'm really passionate about a lot of those things. I'm not a channel that is teaching you how to be a social justice warrior, but you'll even see these things show up in my stories because that's how I speak to my friends. So really incorporating more of that I like IRL talk, the way you actually speak into the content that you create. And I think when I first started my blog, it was so much more categorical. It was like, I've crossed off the fashion post. I've done this. I was posting stuff that I thought was cute or felt good. I wasn't thinking about the value I could offer the other person and what I actually sound like and what I actually want to talk about. And then when I started being more confident in that, I then started to actually, you know, people are now like, your brand is this. And I'm like, yes, it is. You know, like you actually become much mm -hmm. more confident in you as a personal brand when you just show up the way you would speak to friends or whatever the ugly version of you is or what people think tell you is going to be ugly. Um, and so the last people get afraid of like with polarizing an audience, right? It's the yeah. same, it's the same ideal client that comes to me and I say, okay, who is your ideal customer? And they say everyone. And I said, no, that's not it. Like the, it can't be everyone. And then they get afraid of yeah. thinking or saying or doing something because they don't want to alienate people. But I really think that that's not why we are interested in brands or interested in following influencers or participating in social media. It's like, we're not there just to be like constantly like comatose. Does that make sense? Like yeah. we should be having these hard conversations because like the world is a hard place right now. Yeah. 
And also you're probably feeling it, whether for you it's I'm uncomfortable right now, or like I have a lot of anxiety, or I am personally affected by the things going on in the world, you're feeling it in some spectrum. And I think sharing that story and standing up for your values and showing off your values, whatever they are, is super important. Um, Particularly, my friend and I call it BLM Spirit Week, because it truly was like the week that everyone was posting about it, which should happen year round and all the time. Um, But during that week, so many people were trying way hard to like, Am I posting the perfect graphic? Am I posting the perfect this? And it's like, just talk about your values. Talk about how this impacts you. Talk about how you maybe were or were not raised in in privilege and talk about all those elements because someone's going to connect with you. And certainly because it's a heightened emotional week or a moment in time, just the social media aspect of that, people are going to be angry. Some people are going to comment and they're going to say, you are an idiot. Some people are going to say, I'm so thankful you said that. And the thing is, when it's heightened with emotion, you have to realize that some people are angry, like, and they're allowed to be. And you as a creator, as a person putting something up, you've become now like a vessel for someone to give that feedback. And you just kind of have to take the feedback and know that it's not personal because it's not about you. It's just that they're feeling some emotion that is making them say something. And that kind of is my sob. Usually people are like, I'm afraid of getting negative comments. And it's like, you might, or, or someone is probably already saying something about you. You know, it's it's more so not being afraid to show your values because your ideal follower wants to hear it or needs to hear it. And then like, you know, everything else is just not, it's not personal. Well, and now I think that who you are and, and your vocation, at least for a lot of solopreneurs, they're so inextricably like tied, like they're in hand in hand, right? Like who I am as a person and my values as a person pour into my values as a business, like being honest, being trustworthy, being hardworking, being a resource, being helpful, being excited. Like these are all the things that I would hope that I bring to the table. So why wouldn't I also be doing that with, with my social? And I think that what you're saying, BLM spirit week, I've never heard it put like that. That's totally what it felt like it was. And it, I think it was such a great opportunity for people to admit that they were learning and which is what a lot that I did. I was like, okay, crap. Like my eyes are being opened up to stuff I didn't know. And I'm going to take this opportunity to learn and I'm going to share that I learned and hoping that other people go out and learn stuff, you know? So there is a way to kind of, I think, find your community that wants to be better and wants to do better and wants to be better allies and wants to be more informed. Like those people exist and the people that want to shut it down, like, unfortunately, there's not a ton of changing their mind. There isn't. And yeah. I think with social media, there also becomes, it feels like you can kind of be a keyboard warrior person. Like yes. because you're not face to face, because you're not sitting with this person next to them on the subway or in a restaurant or whatever, like you're not interacting with those people face to face that we kind of lose some civility in that. And I know TikTok can be brutal when it comes to hate comments. Yeah. So you, how have you handled criticism in social media? And what are your kind of like, what mental gymnastics do you go through to kind of yeah. either overcome that or deal with it? Well, um, I actually went viral in 2018, like globally viral. And that is where you get the most hate. Even if you went viral for something good, someone out there hates you because they're dealing with something personal. And during that time, the reason why I went viral is actually because I talked about coming out of debt. Like, how did I uh, eliminate credit card debt? But being an influencer, people took it as an opportunity to say, influencers are wasting money. They go broke. And I was like, no, no, no. I literally own one designer person in my life. Like, it's not about that. But that went viral. That narrative that wasn't mine. And at the time, I wasn't prepared to go viral. I was not prepared for the hate that comes with it. I mean, 
we're talking about debt and I was getting hate mail, you know, like literally it, I was about to say like hate, but like literally people saying you should go die. And I'm like, why? Oh I'm like, what's going on? So I wasn't even like ready for that. I can't imagine for other things that people go viral for that matter way more. Um, but I actually had like a whole breakdown after that time, because at first I thought it was a joke. And then what happens is people start to worry about you when they see hate mail coming to your socials. So, like your friends and family are like, Oh my god you must have done something wrong for people to like be reacting that way that that is, yeah and that's actually what got to me and i had some what i actually had to do was step away from social media for just about a week um for me was what i needed so that i wouldn't see the things i never read comments after that like during that period of time then i used the comment filter on instagram so that people couldn't say brogue or like curse words you know but the stepping away from social media was a big big one when i was dealing with negativity and then really coming to terms with the fact that it's not personal. Yeah. It was those people going through their own journeys. You know, some people would say like, I have credit card debt because I'm poor, fuck you. So we're, you know, yeah. um, and that would happen. And I was like, okay, well, that's your journey, not mine. You know, I have my own journey to go through. So that's really what I would always tell people is like, it is not about you. Walk away, acknowledge that they exist. I think going viral is harder because you can't write back to every comment, but right. if you get hate mail, acknowledge they exist send them some love and walk away from it um if it helps you to delete it um if it's something that's truly just hateful and not someone who wants to challenge your opinion or have a dialogue you, you can choose to delete it you can choose to not look at it um i always say like i feel lucky because on tiktok for some reason i have not ended up on hate tiktok my yeah. comments have been super clean and i'm like do i have a filter of some kind that i didn't know of because right. Post similar things to my friends who get hate comments all the time. But I think also with that, it's just kind of, again, re recognizing that person. I hear you. Walk away. <laughs> and in your response, that tells you usually a lot what you need to know about the other person, too. So my sister, her TikTok account, she's grown to almost 100,000 followers. She's a wedding planner. Oh. And one of her videos she made was about... Um, like reading the ridiculous things that groomsmen have done at weddings right mm -hmm. and she goes like shotgunning a beer while standing at the altar and like just things that just drove her nuts right because yeah. she's like you hired me as a professional to make your wedding look nice and here you guys are dicking around and you're gonna get yeah. a property damage on this place for throwing a party at your wedding right so she was kind of telling these anecdotes and somebody commented you need to lighten up and so she oh, kind of took that and put her own like satirical spin on it and she goes Oh my God, thank you so much. I feel so much lighter after your comment. I'm so glad that, you know, my brides just love that I'm go with the flow and I'm just like so easy and I just let everything happen the way it happens. That's totally why I get hired. You know, she kind of spurs uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a fun way to think about it. But yeah, I think um, another good friend and, and client of mine, Lindsay Silverman, she's been getting some crazy comments on her TikTok videos of of her people calling her out for not being a New Yorker. She's like, I've lived here my whole life. Like, what are you guys yeah. talking about? Yeah. Crazy. And it's, it's just so like crazy. I, I said this once in a comment. I love actually commenting on viral content where people are being mean because I'm like, the, I want to be the polarizing person. And for example, actually, Christian Blake is an example. He recently yeah. was speaking on BuzzFeed. And of course, we love his work. And people were commenting like, oh, I hate social media. Who takes photos of themselves? Like, oh, like F you. And I was like, this makes you that mad? And right. I just commented like, how? I can't believe this makes people that mad. Would you actually go to a museum and say, I hate this artwork? Like, you wouldn't. So why are you doing it on social media? And I thought about that. And I'm like, that's really what bothers me. It's like, if they were, again, 
somewhere in the real world looking at art, they wouldn't go and say, hey, you artists, like this is BS. They wouldn't. So why would you do that on social media? But anyway, again, I try to have fun with it. I try to like laugh about it um, and then just walk away from it. And if you really truly need the break, like you went viral for something that is people are really angry about, just step away from social media. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I think that's actually fabulous advice and more people could probably do that more often because the other thing is like you have to know that your reaction to these things is also a reflection of your business and your brand so if you're going to be deleting comments or coming back snarky or you're hot-headed and you're like pissed at the world that like that's going to come back as a reflection of you as as well so i would always want to put like my best foot forward on my best day you know out there because that's that's also it's a reputation management at that point um, yeah so that's a good thing to think about but i want to know your hot take on cancel culture because this is a big hot topic now too so now we're saying pendulum swinging the other side maybe you say or did or posted something that was not so great and all of a sudden you find yourself canceled what would be your advice for someone going through that scenario for me i'm like oh then you have to rebrand <laughs> hire me i'll rebrand you you know be a brand or a pr expert it's interesting because cancel culture to me is more like accountability culture. I'm totally down with holding people accountable, calling them out for what they did, saying, I choose to not support you until I get over this because that is you and your right to do that. Um, one good example is with Goya beans. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I had Goya like a week before that happened. And when they made that comment about the president, I personally don't align with those comments. So I am choosing not to shop that brand. I'm not saying that the brand needs to like go like to hell. I'm just like, it's not for me right now. Right. And I won't speak about it. And that cancel culture again, it's like, I'm holding them accountable to saying, I'm not putting my dollars behind you until like, so you can hear me. And that's really what it's about, right? It's like, I want to be heard as a consumer. I want to be heard as your follower. So I am going to take this action and that I'm okay with. I think people can recover from cancel, but it really depends on the situation and what they're doing long-term, right? And that happened a lot, like BLM Spirit Week. So when everyone was posting on social media and there were brands that were like with their little black square doing nothing, like mm -hmm. what else are you doing, right? So some of those brands that I realized like, well, guess I don't really align with you. It'll take me a while. It'll take me seeing what are they actually doing with diversity? How many black women are they hiring for their projects and wanting to see that before I actually start being a consumer of that brand again. So I think if you then are a creator, business owner, celebrity who's getting canceled, the first thing would be to like take actionable steps, like hear what people are saying, filter, it's hard to filter through like the hate and the actual feedback, but right. try to consolidate. And I think that's where stepping away from social media helps because you can actually have time to process, try to consolidate that and create some action that's going to reverse what just happened. And that's if you care about those ideas, if that person canceling you is your ideal follower, right? Because right. otherwise, like some people might, some people canceled me over debt. And I'm like, well, I guess you're not my ideal follower because I want to talk to people about getting rid of debt. So, um, so it's okay. You don't need to win everyone back, but win back your ideal followers by taking action and action that's going to make a difference to whatever you just did. You should connect with Becca of Blonde, Broken, Bougie. Oh, I've seen her before. If you follow yeah. her stuff, she's great. But she was getting really similar messages. She was posting about social justice issues. And somebody said, I don't follow you for social justice yeah. issues. I just want personal finance advice. And she goes, sorry, then leave. Like, that's, I don't, and no one's keeping you here, number one. Yeah. And number two, like, these are so, so connected. Like, these two pieces yeah. are so connected. And you should care about this stuff. So we were joking about making gifts for her that was like, 
because she's she's blonde, broken, bougie. So BB and B, and I was like BB and B educated, <laughs> like, yeah. like some riffoffs of some of these, right? Because there are there's no way to kind of in my mind there's no way to separate or divide out like social media, like the social part, like hello like that's the point so i i think that it's how you approach it if it's coming from an authentic and a, a humble place of like i'm willing to be wrong and i'm willing to learn then i think that that's the best the best i wouldn't even call it a strategy that's the best approach yeah and then you know? also have this concept of being performative which i actually call out a lot of my peers for doing not with names but just to remind them that by you just posting something and walking away that is not actually taking action. You're not doing anything. And the way, what's interesting is that right now there's so much shareable content going around that yes, it's easy for us to be like, click here to call and vote. Right. But then if your next slide is like, so my makeup routine for the day, I'm like, you didn't take the five minutes to go send that text. It, you know, so really think about that. Are you actually doing the action that you are telling your followers to do? If not, don't post it or don't post about it. I understand this balance of like, I want to share so people do it. But if you haven't done it, then that's performative. You're just doing it for show. Absolutely. I'm with you on that completely. And I think that that becomes increasingly clear when you start to approach brands. Like you can, people can pick up on inauthentic energy way faster than, than you think. And same thing as being the, the creator, right? Like when someone yeah. signs in my DMs and they don't address me by my name, even though my name is in my Instagram bio, they don't follow me. They've never interacted with any of my stuff. And they say, we want you to be a brand ambassador. We've been loving your content. I was yeah. like, you don't follow me. What are you talking about? Like, it's really clear to notice when those, like, there are those inconsistencies. Yeah. But you are a queen at pitching. Queen. Yeah. And you, I feel like, have some top secret secrets that maybe you want to share. Or maybe they're not that secret at all. It's really just That's about a secret secret. strategy. Yeah. Lay it on us. So... One very, very important thing to pitching yourself to brands is making the connection between you and brand. Too many influencers think that just because they're a travel blog, so therefore hotel should work with me, there's no connection there. Congrats, you're in the same category. But you really have to build the narrative for the brand for them to be able to see you as part of their campaign or for you to work with them. So, you know, there is, of course, pitch templates you can take, but no one can write what that connection is for you. Goes back to figuring out who you are as a brand, who's your actual community and audience. And then when you pitch yourself to the brand, bring that in. I have, you know, for example, with my students in Influence Impact, I review their pitches and things that they're about to send. And the biggest mistake is they'll just say like, I am this type of blogger and I focus on this and my reach is so-and-so and I would love to work with you. And it's like, why? How is yeah. this actual brand or product or initiative relevant to you? Do you use it in your everyday life? Did you already have an experience? Did your followers tell you you should work with them because you always talk about that? You know, like really make a connection and that is what can seal the deal for you way more. Like I'm talking 90% of the time that I've reached out to a brand with a message that has a connection, I've gotten the deal. And if you don't get the deal, you at least are ending up in a PR list where they're gonna reach out to you a year later. That is certainly, certainly important. And again, not enough people even spend time pitching. So right. I would have you start off, make it at least like 70% pitch yourself to 30% wait for a brand to show up because you're gonna wait a really long time. You're gonna filter through a lot of the, hey babe, we wanna collab with you before right. you hear from a brand. So even if it's just a quick introduction saying like, hey, uh, away, like again, travel example, I actually um, have this big travel community. And one of the big things I focus on is 
travel for people who are on a time crunch. And what I love is that I actually saw, you know, the away carry on bag is really sturdy. So I feel like someone who's on the go all the time will probably use this year round. They can it'll last a lifetime, whatever. I'm rambling on this off, but like really make that connection. No, because I have an away story that's totally the connection. I brought my away luggage out to a creative conference and was driving and didn't have the trunk closed all the way and took off out of the gas station. And my away luggage, I looked out the back seat, my away luggage was in the street and I went running after it and it was like totally held up. Like a few oh, yeah. here and there, but otherwise totally fine. Like still in one piece, my underwear didn't end up all over the road. So I was so thankful to that. And I tagged them in my Instagram stories way back when yeah. and reshared it. So that's, it's so funny that you said away. Cause that's the one that yeah. I was like, oh, I should reach out to them. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing you're like, you first of all, organically mentioned them, which is important. Even the pre-pitch process is like, do you actually use this? So they already know you exist. And now you can as easily, whether in that DM, when they reshared, say, I'd actually love to send you a quick introduction. Let me know who I can email with like some really fun ideas I've got. I never recommend you pitch yourself in the DMs, but if you want to get a contact, you can certainly do that. And then now when you put your pitch together, it's like when I posted about this story, you know, you tell your story, it was the most engaging story I had all week. Um, right. And I think it would be so great for us now to collaborate and to talk about why my luggage survived. And me as an entrepreneur, I can see my entire entrepreneur community wanting to invest in this because it helped me so much. So like that is so much stronger. If you're away reading that, you're like, we have to find a campaign for her. Even on the agency side, I would get all the time influencers are like sending you my media kit. I'm like, I don't care about your media kit because I need to know what you want to do, you know, and you don't have to give them the whole idea you know as creatives i know we're protective of giving the whole recipe but just give them a sample size of like what you might want to do with them yeah that's also bringing up the media quick media kit question because yeah. one of my pet peeves on social media are accounts that so obviously flub their following numbers oh yeah and by robots and again if you're leading into a pitch saying oh i have a hundred thousand followers but your engagement rate is horrible and you don't have a clear audience then the number amount is no incentive for someone to work with you and i think you brought up a really good point of like creating the story painting the picture in their head of what that piece of content is going to look like makes so much more sense yeah. and i want to talk to you back again about the 70 30 idea of like you should be spending 70% of the time pitching and 30% like waiting for the brand to get back to you <laughs> as far as like working with brands. How do you come up with your hit list of brands that you want to work with? Oh, I shopped my apartment, my bathroom, my daily life. <laughs> like I figure out what am I actually using at home in my work. And I create a dream list of brands that I align with because I'm already using them. And the other way that I get inspiration, of course, following a lot of creators, I'll see when a brand does a campaign, I'm like, oh man, that was a really cool brand or like really cool. I aligned with that message. I'll save that and then just introduce myself so they know I exist. They're not going to add you to a campaign that already happened, but at least you can make an introduction and you can talk about like, you know, I actually just discovered you through your campaign and now I'm actually, I'm going to go explore this product or this thing, but I just want you to have my contact in case I'm a fit for you the next time. Um, that's like a, a casual introduction, right? But that's kind of the places where I look. And then also influencer marketplaces. So like a four hashtag paid. These are websites where you go in and you create a profile and then brands can find you. It's almost like a dating app. It's a marketplace where they find you. You say yes to them. The challenge with that is, again, you the, the most successful ones, you still kind of have to pitch yourself. You have to pitch an idea. Right. You see it on like a list and you're like, I'm going to pitch myself to this brand. And they usually the marketplaces 
pay less because there's a middleman. So it's, I never recommend that's the only place you start, but it's certainly a great place to build your portfolio. So you can find some really, really awesome brands that way. And I have to imagine if you're going through a marketplace, they're also going to pit you against a bunch of other people that have very similar stats. Exactly. Which has kind of been my argument for like, people always ask me like, oh, do you do Fiverr or Upwork? And I'm like, you know, no, because I'm way more concerned with building my community and like reaching out to people through my own personal networks than necessarily like going and putting myself I came up actually with a good analogy for it. It's like, it's as if you're a restaurant inside of a food court when you're yeah. in these marketplaces, because like somebody who's hungry might just go to the food court. They're not going to particularly seek you out. They want to go exactly. to the food court because they have all these options versus if yeah. you're at a restaurant that's like a little bit out of town that people have to make a reservation for and like drive out of their way to get to, like, that's where I want to be. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting is like, I always recommend to people being on the platforms just in case there's brands because more than ever now, big brands actually use platforms because they're too lazy to do it themselves, but don't rely on them because to your point, like you're just kind of like waiting for something to happen. It's almost the same as waiting for a brand to find you on Instagram. Completely. All right. This is one of my favorite questions. We're almost to the end. What's something that you think you do particularly well and what's something you want to get better at? Ooh, okay. So I think the particularly well is showing up as me online. When people meet me in real life, they're like, you're literally the same. I'm like, yes, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to do. And I, even being in the creator community, I have a lot of peers of mine who are like the more creative influencers that just like have beautiful poses and elaborate photos, et cetera. They struggle with finding that balance. And they're always asking me like, I love how you do stories. And I'm like, I don't really have a strategy. I kind of just know that I have to show up. So I like pick up and go. So really showing up as me, I think is my strength. Something that I can get better at is certainly, which is funny, I talk about organization, but organizing the way that I create my content um, Mm. for like a long-term strategy. So in the short term, I've got to figure it out. I actually do my content weekly now. I would love to get more uh, ahead of, like more ahead of time just so that I can stop thinking about content as frequently. So even with batching, right? So if I have two days a week, I'm spending two hours creating content or batching content. I would love if I just did like six or four hours on a weekend and like call it a day. And I think I'm getting better at it being at home where I'm not packing up and going and doing a shoot every few days. But that is one big thing that I want to get better at. And also what I was like, as I'm speaking, I'm thinking about, we also think about like imposter syndrome a lot. And I talk about that a lot on my platform because I think it's something I've been actively working on that I can always get better at. Today, I even posted a post, I posted a post, kind of tagging, not even just like my competitors, but tagging people who do literally the same thing I do. They brand themselves as influencer coaches. And I was like, why are we so afraid of just like celebrating the people who do what we do? And to me, that's actually a trick in imposter syndrome because I'm like, I am good enough. So is that person and so is that person. And like really practicing how to be confident that the people who are for you will find you. And what a great way to tie up this episode in a perfect bow, because that's exactly why this exists. Yeah. I started doing these interviews probably like two and a half years ago, just because there were designers that I admired on social media that I had no reason really that I felt like was legit to reach out to them. And so I was like, I'm going to make a show. Like I'm going to make an Instagram show and I'm just going to like interview people that I think are crushing it and we can share resources and become, I really just want to be friends with these people. (laughs) And so it was just a great way to bring that together. Yeah, they're your peers at the end of the day. And like, we're especially as a solopreneur, you don't have an office of coworkers. But if 
I did have an office of coworkers, it would probably be like people who are similar in my space or people who are complementary to the things that I'm doing. So really getting your brain out of competition and more into celebration of each other will help crush like confidence, worth issues, um, et cetera. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Where can everyone find you, follow you, work with you, all of that good stuff? I'm the jazz. So my name, Lisette Kelv, so shortens, is all my social handles. I'm primarily on Instagram and TikTok. Those are the ones I'm most active on. If you want to work with me, I do work with people either on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and then I also have monthly workshops. So they're all different themes. This last one was newsletters and you heard it here first. The next one is actually about contracts as an influencer and what you need to read as it relates to your contracts. And I'm actually doing it with a lawyer. So I'm not going to come out here and be like, I'm going to tell you legally, I'm bringing the legal person. And yeah, otherwise I do have that group program, which will be relaunching in the later fall. So keep an eye out. You can always just find information on my socials. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on, Lizette. It was a pleasure. And Thank keep you. your eyes out because Lizette and I are going to be working together very soon. Stuff. It's so weird because I'm like, I want to tell people to find me, but then also like, can you wait until I'm done with my rebrand? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, no, it's going to be awesome. And then you'll make all come out even better later. <laughs> yeah, perfect. We'll just have to have you on twice. You'll be a repeat guest. Right? Yeah. Thank you so Wonderful. much for having me. Thank you. Have a good rest of your Friday, everybody. Enjoy. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.